filled with information. Where do you turn to get straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money? Lock it in to the longest-running financial talk show in Arkansas and let us help you build the bridge between information and application. Real financial change begins right here, and it starts with you. It's showtime! Hey, good morning, everybody. It is the Halloween edition of the Get Ready for the Future show. Today, we're tackling your financial fears. What could or should give you the heebie-jeebies when it comes to planning your retirement? This is the Get Ready for the Future show. And welcome in to our new West Little Rock set, live streaming on Facebook and on our YouTube channel and back on Central Arkansas Radio. We are glad to be back after the Razorbacks are no longer playing the 11 a.m. kickoff and we're getting preempted because the pregame show is on. My name is Scott Inman. Along with me, to my right, is Tim Key, and to his right, Janet Walker. Good morning to both of you. Hey, good, good morning, morning, Scott. The Halloween edition. <clears throat> I just... Uh, Went and helped my son pick out his costume just last night. Yeah. We, we were a little bit late to the party on that, and it showed because the <laughs> Halloween costume stores are doing quite well. Retail sales should be up in that department. A little bit of supply and demand <laughs> yeah, issue there. There were some empty <laughs> empty shelves, but we settled on, uh, we had to hodgepodge it together, but he wanted to be the scarecrow villain from the Batman movies. Yeah. Okay. And I am talking about my 12-year-old, not the 20-year-old back there. <laughs> not the 20. That son. Hey, it's okay. I don't think he's dressing up. Uh, but the scarecrow. But they didn't have just the one you could grab off the shelf and walk out with, so we right. had to kind of create it. We found a mask, and then we had to find a robe, and all of this sorted out. But we're settled on that. You guys got your kids, or you don't have kids. My, are, my kids are not going to do it, yeah, right? They're not doing that now. Bethany's my, probably not doing it anymore. Bethany's either. not, but my 18-year-old, who's a freshman in college, he's like, Mom, there's going to be Halloween parties. I need something to do. <laughs> yep. And so he was kind of last minute as far as like us being three hours away from him, you know, and there's not really a place to go there, that type of thing. And so this is completely a geek costume, and y'all are just going to have to bear with me <laughs> for a minute, but he goes to Louisiana Tech, and there's lots of geeks there, so it's cool. But do y'all know the deal on Schrodinger's cat? Do y'all know what I'm talking about? No. I okay. Don't. I'm blank so on that one. I, I'm going <laughs> to fail my husband and my son on being able to explain it, but there's like this whole theory of of if there's this, this cat in a box and there's radiation involved somehow, is the cat dead or alive? Well, and, and there's there's all kinds, like there's T-shirts, you know, about Schrodinger's cat, is it dead or alive? There's all kinds of stuff. And so anyway, he got this shoebox. And he got some uh, light sticks, you know, the, uh, what, do you, what do you call those? Um, the glow you know, sticks. Yeah, yeah the little glow break. sticks. Yeah. yeah, so that's the radiation in the <laughs> okay, box. Okay. And then there's this little stuffed cat. And so if anybody opens it, because the whole deal is if you open the box, the, the cat is dead at that point. Well, was it dead previously or did you kill it by opening the box? Right. And so anyway, when they open the box, it's going to be like, you killed the cat. Schrodinger's <laughs> cat is dead because of you. So anyway, I, I'm sure that I completely fumbled that story but uh, it's it's good enough as the mom of a geek, not the geek herself. That's you know? a good geeky story, <laughs> yeah. though. So. I love it, though. That's I mean, that's creative, yeah. for sure. and it fits him. <laughs> this time of year, of course, uh, we always use the opportunity to talk about fear and things that give us the heebie-jeebies. And, you know, there's horror movies that are released this time of year. you got the haunted houses, everything that, in a playful way, uh, is put out there to kind of give us a little fright for the Halloween seasons. But there are true fears out there some of them rational some of them not i I thought we would start our jumping off point before we get into the financial fears as to talk about our own and i don't know that i have an irrational fear and mine i'm getting better at this but for the longest time for most of my life i have been terrified of snakes uh, I'm I'm better about that now, but I mean, if I still if I'm jogging or if I'm on a bike and and, <laughs> and, and, and I go past one at a semi quick rate of speed, it is going to make me jump out of my shoes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And so there, it does startle me. Now, now I don't think it's irrational because I can get past that and right. realize it's not going to kill me, but. We don't think it will, but that's about the only thing I can come up with. I'm not terribly fond of heights. Um, you know, I don't know that anybody really is, but I don't think it's irrational. Do you guys have any crazy fears? No, I don't think any irrational fears um, as well. Um, I'm not a fan of snakes, but I am tied into a snake identification page on Facebook. And so I've learned a lot about snakes. And so being able to identify which ones I need to stay away from and things like that have helped in that regard. But um, heights is one that I just really don't mm. care about. Yeah. Um, so that, that would be my 
biggest fear, I believe. Is heights? Is heights. heights, yeah. Yes. I, I think I'm, like you guys have said, I, I would get startled by a snake or, frankly, even by a spider, but I'm not, like, terrified of them. Now, if my husband is there and he can kill the spider instead of me, then this is one of the reasons I'm married. It, it, this is a blessing of marriage. Sure. But if he's not there, I'll handle it, and I'm not going to have a panic attack over it. I, it's just not my favorite thing to do. Yeah. So, yeah. So as we migrate into the topic of today's show, financial fears, what, what keeps you up at night? What is your worst fear when it comes to your finances? According to research conducted by safehome.org, not having enough money to last through retirement is among Americans' top five concerns overall, and the lingering impacts of anxiety more than a year after the start of the pandemic this certainly puts fear of running out of money among fears like the death of a loved one and even terrorism. A different study found that 40% of Americans fear retirement more than death. Now, that kind that, of blows my mind. Yes. That's that, let that sink in. More than death. Uh, retirement is a complex subject that a lot of people are fearful of because they don't really understand it, don't know what they don't know. But the bottom line here, Americans are not confident in their ability to retire. That's a problem, and that's, I think, why we're here. Yeah. yeah. I, I want to go back to that You know, 40% of Americans fear retirement more than death. Notice it doesn't say, in this one anyway, it doesn't say they fear running out of money. Yeah. It's fearing retirement. It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I, I wonder about, like, the lack of control, you know. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the thing, frankly, when you boil it down, when you think about our uh, being startled, not a tremendous fear, but being startled by snakes or spiders or whatever, it's a lack of control. Like, yeah. I didn't know you were there, and there you are, and you scared me, you know. So with retirement, I think a lot of it is lack of knowledge and lack of control. Like, as long as I can keep working, I can go to work, and I can get a paycheck, and I can pay my bills, and everything's going to be okay. What happens when that's no longer the case? Yeah. Well, yeah, they've spent the last 40 years working, getting that paycheck. They yeah. know what that feels like, but they really don't know what retirement feels like. They've got mm-hmm. thoughts and dreams about it potentially, but really no one knows until you step into that and right. you start replacing that check you've been receiving 40 years for going to work with money from Social Security, a pension from your investments that you've saved. Mm-hmm. When we begin our client's uh, journey with GenWell through the ready-to-retire process, we give them a questionnaire. Uh, and one of those questions, you know, it's, it's you're ranking your, your fears and concerns and letting us know what concerns you. And not having a paycheck is usually the most one of the most popular that gets marked, I would say. Yeah, that one. And then the wife is usually marking, I don't know if I can spend that much time when my husband comes yeah. home from <laughs> Is that on the questionnaire? <laughs> I believe that's one of those, too. But We do get sure. told about that a lot. Yes, it, it is true. I just didn't know yeah. we put it on the questionnaire. So you think about that. Not having a paycheck, sure, that can be a very fearful thing. We're going to talk about some uh, specific fears on today's show. We also have Ryan Dietrich, I should mention, Chief Market Specialist at uh, LPL Financial. He will be joining us in the second segment. So we'll talk about the fear of investment losses, the fear of the markets. We'll get into the investment talk with him. But in our first segment here, what's left of it, we're going to talk about dealing with inflation heebie-jeebies. And that is at the forefront now more than it probably has been in the last four or five years, yeah. I think. It's it's one of the most common talked about things in our client meeting rooms, and certainly we're feeling it, and that's why it is ever-present now with um, the latest numbers I saw. I think we were up year over year 5.4%, and now there's talk about uh, just uh, yesterday, I think it was yesterday, maybe a couple of days ago, uh, what's the Twitter guy's name, Jeff Dorsey, is that right? I can't remember the guy that ran it. One of the big Twitter guys. Anyway, he tweeted that uh, hyperinflation is here, you know, and that, and that got everybody rambled oh, up. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's a big difference. First, we need to define what hyperinflation is. I think it's a lot more than 5%, oh, yeah. a lot yeah, more than 8%. Sure. We're talking 100%, right? Yeah. Double. And so I don't think hyperinflation is, is, is a reality, but certainly inflation is ticking up and while we still are in the camp that it is a transitory effect and, and will moderate, it could be with us at a higher rate than it has been in the last few years. Yeah, and I think one of the first things I would say to alleviate people's irrational fears, you know, kind of like what we've talked about, there there are irrational fears and then there are, like, concerns. And we need to deal with these, but we don't have to be irrational about it. And I think one of the first things I would say is to, to think about the fact that this has happened before. Like, you know, remember what the 70s were like. And people, shockingly, people retired successfully through that period of time. Now, there were people who retired 
not so successfully. Mm -hmm. So that is a reality. But the fact is, if you prepare for it, there are ways to prepare for, you know, inflation heebie-jeebies, if you will. If we know it's coming, and we do, we just don't know to what extent and exactly when, but we know it's coming. It has to. So if you know that, then how do you prepare for that? Well, we really haven't experienced inflation in a long time. Right. At least it has been high a long, inflation. Yeah. I think we all expect prices to go up, but we usually see a gradual change and it's right. not that big of a hit to our, you know, our cash flow or into our budget. But I mean, 5.4% and if it keeps going up at more than 3 or 4% for a very long period of time, it's really going to hit us hard. And I think there's an example here of taking a cup of coffee that costs $2 today. The effect of just a 3% inflation rate um, over a 20-year period of time, that cut same cup of coffee that was $2 today is $3.81. And mm-hmm. so we need to make sure in retirement that we are building in inflation-adjusted yeah. income for that. So Social Security does provide some of that. It's not always um, – of course, it's not replacing 100% of your income. Right. So you've got some of that. But most pension plans don't have an increase. So if that's part of – your um, income in retirement, we actually need to have those investments that you've got to really provide that additional income. And, and some of them that do have an increase, it I've seen them where they're set at like two or three percent. You know, which which sounds good in other interest rate environments or inflationary environments, but as that inflation kicks in more, then it's more and more of a challenge. I, I, I'll share a story of of you know how people don't prepare for this and kind of are asleep at the wheel and how it it can bite you in retirement Uh, we were doing a plan for somebody that they have they have more than enough money to be able to comfortably retire um, but most of those assets are sitting in the bank you know and the the official measurement you know what they're making in the bank is jack diddly squat these days (laughs) you know like as far as purchasing power they're actually going backwards meaning that yes they may have more dollars or at least more pennies at the current rate they may have more money in the account but they have less purchasing power because of inflation kicking in and so we just illustrated for them even with a more traditional conservative inflation rate, uh, we, we actually ran this one at 2.3%. When we did that, it showed them running out of money within about 20 years or so. The, the reality is they have to be able to grow those assets in order to keep up with inflation. And that's just normal inflation. And so I, I think what a lot of people do is they will they will step step aside from the risk in the market because that's a very right. visible risk right. and they will accept many times with not without even knowing it they will accept inflation risk by having money sitting in very conservative places like just sitting in the bank and I don't have a problem with like my emergency fund money is at the bank sure. it's not invested but your investment money if you if you just have that at the bank, if that's your retirement money in the future, you're not going to be able to keep up with inflation. You think that it's because there's a focus on the account balance, right? It, yes. You don't want to see that balance go up and down, and it's not a focus on income. And we say all right. the time, retirement is essentially an income problem. It's not an asset problem. And that's why in our ready-to-retire process and the investment strategy that goes along with that, we are going to remain invested in and in asset classes that have historically outperformed inflation, Tim, and those and there are really only two of those. Yeah, it's really real estate and stocks or equities, and yep. so those are the only two that, over a long period of time, have outperformed inflation. And I think that's one reason why, when we actually take those retirement assets that someone has going into retirement, we're going to segment those assets out. We know we need some protection. We don't want to lose that money that's going to be used in the first five to 10 years and open it up for a lot of risk. But, you know, this is going to be a long journey through retirement, 15, 20, 25, 30 years. And so if we have a 15 year period or longer and over a 16 year period, I believe the market has never been down. Mm -hmm. And so we definitely need to make sure that we're in those equities and real estate so we can continue to grow some of those assets throughout retirement. So dealing with inflation, that is certainly one of the big fears. We're talking about financial fears on the Halloween edition of the Get Ready for the Future show. When we come back, we'll get into the investment talk with Chief Market Strategist at LPL Financial, Ryan Dietrich. So stay with us. The Get Ready for the Future show continues right after this. 
It is the Halloween edition of the Get Ready for the Future show. Scott Inman along with Tim Key and Janet Walker. And we are pleased to be joined once again by Ryan Dietrich. He is the Chief Market Strategist at LPL Research. And welcome aboard, Ryan. Well, good to be back with you. No, it's, it's glad to be back, guys. Crazy. It's Halloween. Where, where is the year <laughs> gone, you know? Yeah, no, uh, no costume. We debated whether we should wear costumes today. You obviously opted out for that too. I'm, I'm, I think that's probably the wise choice. I did see a picture of you in some kind of a teddy bear outfit, though, not that long ago, right? I have missed that. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm gonna yeah. Need to Bert see it. White, we, friend of the show, obviously. Bert said it was one of the scariest things he's ever seen. My <laughs> wife had the idea. We bought these teddy bears and literally like cut them open and stuck them on our heads, and then face painted ourselves, <laughs> and then wore this outfit. It was all her idea, but we actually won cutest couple award at the Halloween uh, um, party we went to so i guess it worked <laughs> yeah. it but work. i'm not bearish i'm not bearish yeah. <laughs> i was gonna say a bear not a bull so let, anyway, and this, hey, that feeds right into my first question for us since you were talking about halloween i want to talk a little bit about this word this term seasonality i was looking at the charts that you guys had on lpl research and i love this quote from you that i found when you were talking about it you said november is known for turkey but maybe it should be known for bulls tell us about that well, that's right. I mean, you know, so seasonality is something we wouldn't want to ignore, right? We wouldn't invest blindly on it. But here's what I mean by that. If you look at the month of November, guys, for stocks, at least for the S&P 500, the best month of the year on average since 1950. The past 10 years, the best month again of the year. The last 20 years, November's second best month, and a post-election year, which we are right now, second best month again. So listen, that's a mouthful I just said. We're up like 20% heading into November. But just be aware, historically, November tends to be pretty strong, feel-good time of the year. We wouldn't be surprised at all if that happened once again in 2021. Well, Ryan, last week, the report on the leading economic indicators came out and the index came in below expectations, but still grew at two tenths of a percent. Um, You have said that relative weakness looks like an economy in transition to mid cycle. What does that mean and what are the implications for investors? Yeah, well, we'll start with the implication for investors first off here, Tim. It's it's not a bad thing, right? This economy is a year and a half old. So things are going to start to slow a little bit. We can't have, you know, 90% earnings growth every quarter like we had, you know, last quarter. So things are slowing down a little bit. But that doesn't mean the economy is going to stop. You know, just recently, the durable goods number came out. And when you kind of look under the surface, we actually saw a lot of really good numbers when it comes to like uh, core shipping and manufacturing, what manufacturing you're doing with capital expenditures. Bottom line, yeah, the economy is not perfect. There's no doubt about it. But there are some signs that say, hey, we are mid-cycle. Mid-cycle can last potentially years, right, before you have another worry of a recession. And that could be a good thing for longer-term equity investors, in our opinion. Ryan, you mentioned manufacturing. Let's talk a little bit about supply chain. Uh, There's been a, a ton of publicity about supply chain. And obviously, you know, consumers are seeing shortages of products, sometimes at the grocery store, sometimes on much larger uh, items than, than, you know, what you would find at the grocery store. So what's your view on these bottlenecks? And, and is this a problem that could continue to maybe spike inflation? Yeah, Janet, you know, good example of this. Literally today, I had a hot cup, hot tub cover, had a leak. It took nine weeks, and I finally mm. got my hot new hot tub cover. So I'm kind of excited about that. Here First world Council. problems, man. First world problems. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that's a, it sure is for a full problem. But that's an example of, you know, they don't have the materials for the hot tub cover. Yeah. And we see this all across the board, all across the spectrum. The truth is this, inflation is, is looking a little more sticky, right? Six months ago, we all thought transitory is what the Fed has been saying. I mean, you come back to trend. Maybe that's not the case. Maybe we're going to see three and a half, four percent inflation, you know, out for the next year or so. But again, early in economic cycle of growth with likely six percent GDP this year, four percent GDP next year. We don't think that's the end of the world. And let's let's also be honest, and wages are going up a lot, right? And all that's a that's a positive thing. In the 70s, we saw low productivity, high inflation, wages didn't do all that great. So we're not saying we want to see extremely high prices. I mean, nobody really wants that, but we do think as these supply chain issues work their way through the system. The economy still has a strong underlying pinning, and that's literally why we think the stock market's like flirting with all-time highs as we record this. And again, inflation matters, but it's something that two years from now probably comes back closer to trend, be closer around 3%. We don't see a 1970s super spike in inflation. Ryan, let me do a little bit of a follow-up, and this comes from a, a client conversation this week about uh, about supplies. 
on really anything you can you can talk about. He was he's a business owner, and I don't I don't see things in this way the same thing the same way he does. But this is a show about fears, and this is his fear. He said, you know, supply is so low right now, and what's going to happen is that there's going it's going to turn around, and there's going to be so much supply of everything, and then so little demand that prices go down so much that nobody can be profitable because you don't want to you don't want to sell a vehicle for that low of a price because you're no longer making a profit and he's envisioning like everybody loses their job like collapse it's to that extreme in his mind mm-hmm. so and I know he's not the only person who has had that concern how do you address that extreme type of thought process on supply and demand yeah, well, those are those are some really potentially valid concerns. But again, we, we're not quite of that camp. I mean, yes, productivity is coming back online. Yes, um, you know, shipments are coming back online. But I guess are we going to fully overshoot? I mean, nobody really knows. Look at what corporations are saying right now, right, with earnings season, which is going on right now. Yes, they're having trouble making things. But well, what they're also saying is, you know, they're starting to get back online. I and mean, look what McDonald's just said. Right, McDonald's said, hey, we've got some new um, new products. We upped our prices a little bit. It actually helped us have earnings. So the truth is this. I mean, this cycle is still young, right? We still got the monetary policy, the fiscal policy. Um, earnings growth is still there. So we're aware of some of these worries. And I think maybe in a minute or two, we'll talk maybe more about what kind of keeps me up at night. Um, but but we just don't think we're going to have that 180 overshoot to the other side, at least with this cycle. And again, who's the smartest guys in the room, right? It's usually the credit markets and some of the credit default swaps on large financial companies. We're not seeing really any stress at all honestly, and then some of those things that we look at. So if there truly was this big monster under the bed, we think it'd be showing there. So very valid concern when we're going to watch very, very closely. But one we just don't think is the likely scenario, at least as of right now. We're talking with Chief Market Strategist Ryan Dietrich from LPL Financial. Ryan, I got to say, you know, I love the charts that LPL Research puts out. One particular uh, one caught my eye, too, when I was looking through the, the last week's worth and there's this chart of a flurry, what appears to be a flurry of people quitting their jobs. Now, now let's talk about what what do you think what do you think is causing that first of all, and then let let let's wrap our minds around the implications of that. Yeah, I mean, there's a, you can talk to ten people, get ten answers on this one. This this yeah. is a really unique situation. But our take is this: it's likely a sign that you probably aren't just going to quit your job. If you don't have a better one out there, right? This is one of the first business cycles that we've seen in, in maybe 30 years or so, 30, 40 years, where the consumer really has a lot of the power. I mean, people can can quit a job and go get another one that's higher paying you fairly quickly. That's not kind of how it's been the last couple of decades. So, so we're uh, maybe you could say a little more optimistic that it does say that you could have some um, some 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 you know make more money, I guess, and find a better opportunity. The flip side, though, of course, is hey, what company wants to hire somebody and have them two or three months later leave? I mean, you know, LPL research, we've seen that too. We're in the same boat as everybody else, hiring people. Well, somebody across the street might pay you a little bit more. So so that's kind of one of the potential negatives. But the truth is, again, we think it's still more of a positive on the economy right now that that that, that the consumer truly has a lot more power than they've ever had, in our opinion. Yeah. Well, Ryan, since August, the 10-year Treasury has taken a fairly significant jump in the yield, and that has put some pressure on short and intermediate bond portfolios. Your team advises on a number of fixed income portfolios. What are you advising in order to offset the pressure from rising interest rates? Yeah, that, that is absolutely the truth, right? Remember coming into this year, guys, we said we thought stocks could maybe get up around double digits. Bonds would probably be flat. Stocks are up like 20% for the year, and bonds are actually down a tad. So we expected to see higher inflation expectations, higher rates, and higher yields, which would, of course, impact bonds as bonds and yields tend to be inversely related. So where are we right now? We still think the 10-year yield can continue to go higher, maybe up around two, two and a quarter or so this time within one year from now. And what does that mean? Well, again, it could pressure bonds. What are we doing? We're underweight bonds in our portfolios. We like stocks a little bit more, but more specifically, we like mortgage-backed securities and bank loans. Historically, in the fixed income world, if rates go a little bit higher, those parts of the fixed income spectrum are not as impacted by overall higher trending yields. That's kind of how we see it playing. We still like stocks over bonds, though, to, to put a bow on it. Ryan, let's talk about some scary stuff. So uh, today's show is entitled Financial House of Horrors. So as we approach Halloween, what is inside Ryan's financial house of horrors as you look at the landscape of the economy and the markets? 
Yeah, well, literally, like as we speak, my dog, my um, 135 pound Great Pyrenees is next to me. I think my yard guys are here blowing stuff. So he's one thing that worries me. He's going to start barking like a madman here in any <laughs> second. So apologies <laughs> if he does that. Um, but, you know, we've got some of the same concerns of other people. What have we just talked about a lot, right? The supply chain issues. Could prices go higher? Could the Fed be behind the eight ball saying, you know, the Fed's, oh, we're not too worried about inflation yet. But we're seeing 5% CPI. What if the Fed is wrong? Those are the things we all know about. Here's the one that I don't think people are talking about as much that it, I wouldn't say keeps me up at night, but does scare me a little bit here during Halloween season. U.S.-China trade relations, guys, or U.S.-China relations in general, are about as low as they've ever been, right? One of the things we thought when President Biden won, he'd take a lot of the um, tariffs and things off of China that President Trump put on. That hasn't been the case. They're talking about adding more, right? So the two superpowers, who's to say as we move forward in this economic cycle, they don't start butting heads again, similar to what we saw in 2018 with the trade war that happened that really put a dent, obviously, in the stock market. So that's one thing, again, not our base case, but one thing that does worry me a lot if we start um, going back and forth with China, that could put a real dent in this economic recovery. Ryan, we have about a minute and a half left. I want to I want to talk a little bit about your new feature. I, I don't know how you're going to squeeze in more work. You're a busy guy. You're all over the place doing things. But there's a new feature that we see that you launched called Five Charts with LPL Research. Tell us about that. Yeah, well, thank you for, for giving me a minute here to talk about that. So Scott Brown and myself, we do a weekly uh, video. It's on our YouTube channel, LPL Research YouTube channel. Find it pretty fast. We talk about, like the name suggests, five charts, five technical things that we are seeing in the market um, You know that we either like or that we don't like that really caught our eye. We're trying to make it a quick hit video, keep it less than 10 minutes or so, just the things that our investors and people need to know that's, that we think matter a lot for your investments. And it, it, we're going to talk about rates and you know the economy and stocks and bonds and global i mean whatever the whatever it is in the five charts we see we like we're going to talk about it and it's oh, i think we've done three of them so far and so far it's been really popular really popular new series so check out our youtube channel and watch them but thanks for letting me talk about it well you're welcome and we thank you for joining us before we let you go though for those watching on our live stream we got to know about the arcade game behind you yeah, so this is NBA Jam. We bought it right when the pandemic started. Like, you know, he's on fire. He's on fire. So my boys and I play that a lot. And then over here on my right is actually a Papa Shot. So I sit here and work most of the day, but sometimes I work on Papa Shot and sometimes I work on, work on NBA Jam. Don't tell my boss. I hope, hope no one's listening. Workroom and game room. It's multifunctional space. All right, Ryan, thanks very much. The Get Ready for the Future show will continue in just a moment. Whether it's a fear of investment losses, a fear of inflation, a fear of the unknown, we do know one of Americans' biggest fears is retiring and running out of money before they run out of time. And we're talking about your financial house of horrors as a Halloween theme on today's Get Ready for the Future show. We want to say thanks once again to Ryan Dietrich from LPL uh, for joining us as he does each and every week. Always a great interview with him want to take a minute to remind you or let you know about uh, three retirement action steps that you should take during uncertain times in our latest Gen Wealth Academy course. They're up online now and in just 12 minutes. We know you're busy, so we are keeping these short and sweet and simple. In just 12 minutes, you'll learn one key problem with most retirement income plans, why bonds may not be the safe haven investors once thought they were, and how uncertainty in the economy could lead to a gap in retirement income security and what you should do to narrow that gap. It is all completely free. Great resource, great opportunity to learn three retirement action steps you should take during uncertain times. And all you have to do to get access to it, one of two ways, you can text the word ACTION to 501 501- 381-5228 or visit getreadyforthefuture.com forward slash events to get free access to the course, a quick guide, and more. We are migrating towards our online quick webinars. We know it's uh, uh, it's difficult still for people to get out during the week and attend an in-person event. And these are great resources, great ways to do it on your time, and it doesn't take that much time. So just 12 minutes to to learn about that. And some of those things may even be things we talk about today as we continue with the uh, house of horrors mindset and, and the, the fears that people have financially about entering retirement. Tim King and Janet Walker back with me here in the, on the Get Ready for the Future show. You, you think about Social Security being one of those, and we can go a lot of different ways and a lot yeah. of different paths on this, but I think the biggest fear that we get in client meeting rooms is Will it even be there? And it, and I think 
three or four or five years ago, it was mostly from younger people that I heard that. But I think older people, people who yeah. are right there on the cusp of retirement, are concerned about the check running out before they do. We had that very conversation in a client meeting room with people who are in their 60s right now, really close to 70, still working. And so, I mean, they, they technically could already be claiming Social Security, but they've continued to work and, and defer that benefit. But it's to them, it's a very real concern. And so we talked about, you know, the difference between a person going bankrupt, if you will, mm-hmm. and Social Security running out of excess reserves. There's a completely different concept here because there were three advisors in the room in this meeting and we were on one side of the table and the couple was on the other and and I basically just was like, okay, this side of the table is still going to be working. You guys are retiring, but we're not yet. And so we're continuing to pay into the system. And they kind of laughed about it and said, well, thank you for your support. You know? <laughs> but, but I mean, that really is what happens when yeah. we look at, it's not exactly a 75%, but this is easy math. What they're really looking at is benefits would still be payable at 78% mm-hmm. if they run out of reserves. But if you just do 75% for easy math, if your check is currently $2,000, we're not talking about it going to zero right we're talking about in a worst case scenario it goes to fifteen hundred dollars if you're getting four thousand between a husband and wife it goes to three thousand now nobody's happy about taking a pay decrease if we get to that point but it's not like it goes away completely because we're still sitting on this side of the table working and paying into the system yeah Yeah, and i think that's the biggest fear that people think it's just going to go completely away Mm -hmm. and you know you know it's a it is a fearful thought that you paid into this system for 30, 40 years or however yeah. long. And um, all of a sudden, the money that some of the money that you are going to be relying on during retirement is just not coming your direction. But again, I think, like you said, Janet, it's about 78 percent of the benefits based on what's currently being paid into the system. Once mm-hmm. that system um those funds go run out in 2034, um, then we can still pay out 78% of the benefits and we'll still have something. But I know that a lot of people that are just on social security that have not, don't have a pension and did not save investments. Um, I think, you know, that's the generation that, um, and the folks that we really worry about because inflation continues to increase and they get a 22% cut and pay that that's just not going to work. Right. That should be the biggest fear, right? Not not that social security is going to run out, but that you're going to live only on social Mm -hmm. security. That should generate some motivation to, to have some savings that will create income over and above what you get on your social security check. That projected date uh, varies every year. The social security trust fund releases their annual report, uh, uh, COVID, the pandemic, did kind of uh, move that up a little bit. But the latest uh, projection from the latest report says 2035 is the end date, right? So if nothing happens, no legislative action is taken by 2035, that's when the uh, reduction in benefits would occur across the board. Now, it's a political hot potato because yeah. it, because right now it's all about – because the fixes are not going to be popular fixes, right? You're, you're probably going to be looking at a combination of raising the Social Security tax – uh, potentially raising the threshold of income where you no longer pay Social Security tax, which does increase a little bit each year anyway, you could raise the minimum retirement age, right? You could do a lot of things. None yeah. of them are going to be popular, so that's why nothing's getting done. Well, but but I think it's also important to realize that that there have been changes made before. Right. We, we've, we've salvaged the system in the past, and it didn't crater everything. Now, you know, there were there wiser decisions that could have been made in the past? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But we still have a Social Security system, and it's still giving out checks, and that's going to continue to happen. And things like, as an example, you know, it used to be that Social Security age was 65, period, end of story, you know, and, and that's the way it worked. Well, now for you to reach your full retirement age, it, it, it's been pushed out to up to age 67. So what if they push that out again? Right. You know, then then that has an impact. And you mentioned raising maybe from 62 to a later age a little bit. And even if you just change that a little bit, when you talk about the impact across millions of people, that's a that's a significant potential impact to, to make those changes. I think it'll be interesting to see how the 5.4% increase that they've got going on this year is going to impact the trust fund 
um, in the future years yeah. right? because they're not going to take money away. Right. Um, they're always going to either leave it the same or give additional increases. So you're just going to have additional increases in future years on that higher amount. So right. that may, may end up changing that 2035 um, date um, in a negative way as well. Going I would forward. agree. We have to see how that looks. Yeah. So that segues into that cost of living adjustment that, that sometimes is there, sometimes is not. It is tied to uh, the CPI, right? The, the, the last, I think there's a three month window of maybe August, September. No, they just said it. So it's, I think, July, August, September. That three month average of what is inflation, which we talked about earlier in the show, is higher right now. That's why Social Security recipients are going to receive a 5.4% cost of living adjustment in their 2022 uh, checks. But when you think about it, that sounds like a great deal, and it is for people who are receiving that Social Security, but is it really keeping up with inflation? That's the fear about Social Security I think we should talk about, too, Mm -hmm. is it's not going to. We've seen studies that show senior expenses are usually much higher when you add in prescription drugs, Medicare premiums, health care costs like that. Those are rocketing up at a higher rate uh, historically than the average inflation rate. So your Social Security check even though you're going to get a 5.4% bump this year, is not likely to cover the real true impact of inflation on your senior expenses. Yeah, I mean, this is this is the biggest increase that we've seen since 2008. Mm-hmm. But I also want to caution people, I, I think maybe it was 2010, I don't have this in front of me, but there were a couple of years um, where we didn't get an increase at all for Social Security. And and if I'm right on 2010 being one of those, I mean, that followed shortly after a very large increase. They just didn't do one at all because of where we were with the economy and, and inflation And at that point. I get it, but just be aware, yeah, we're talking about a big one now, but what comes next, and, and we'll just have to wait and see, it goes back to, You've got to be sure that Social Security is not, yeah. you know, a, an anchor for you in retirement, really. It, I think it, it, I look at it as it's foundational. Yeah. And it's a safety net, but it is not your retirement. And when you think about it, it does play a key role in your retirement income planning. And it does here for us at GenWealth. I think a, a, a great message for listeners and viewers to hear in all of this is if you're working with a financial advisor and they don't talk to you about Social Security, mm you're not getting the right plan. I mean, that, right. that bottom line is Social Security planning, claiming strategies. When you just think about claiming strategies, Janet, and you're, you're fond of knowing how many there are. 86. 86, <laughs> yes. Yeah. And there's so many rules that govern that. Uh, that's, yeah. a, that's a complex part of, of entering retirement. It, it is. I, I was talking with somebody recently uh, who came in to get some help on, on Medicare questions, mm-hmm. and and they're working with an advisor whom they've known for uh, through family. They've known for literally 40 years and so you know he's getting close to retirement too but but they obviously and i understand this they didn't want to walk away from that advisor relationship to a new advisor but they were coming to get help on medicare and i asked about social security and when i talked about 86 claiming strategies her eyes just about popped out of her head because i mean that it's it's an overwhelming process but it's very important to know that it is part of your overall plan to mm-hmm. understand that that is being integrated as part of your retirement income plan and that you're not just saying i want to take it at this age and my spouse is going to take it at that age and we're good that's it end of story well i think a lot of people i mean they work and then they believe that as soon as they quit working, they have to take Social Security. Right. And there's a lot of truth in that if they haven't saved up other assets and things like that. But there are so many strategies and is a significant portion of someone's foundational income. I mean, it's that guaranteed mailbox check that we right. like to talk about. And so having a good strategy and if you haven't thought about a strategy and you're getting close to that time, I mean, that is definitely something that we can run an analysis on, provide some good feedback on. And we also consider at times, um, you know, if you are retiring early that, you know, sometimes we want to take it while we can get it too, just mm-hmm. not knowing exactly what it's going to look like in 15 years. So there's a lot of different things that go in around that and preserving your own assets and helping, you know, continue to grow those um, because oftentimes we can grow those higher, at, you know, than inflation if, if in those longer term buckets. And so right. there's a lot of good things that we can help do around that and, and solidify maybe when you need to actually file for those benefits. The GenWealth Ready to Retire process is about integrating your Social Security uh, estimate, how much you're going to get, 
a claiming strategy, when you're going to take it, when is it going to in, get into the fold of your overall retirement income, and then it is about making sure that that's enough to cover your required income in retirement. And if it's not, how are you going to fill the gap? And then your investment strategy, the 401k, the money that you've saved all your life, turning that into additional income as well. If you'd like to learn more, you can call 501 653-7355 or 866-653-PLAN to get started going through the GenWealth Ready to Retire process. We'll be back in just a moment. Live streaming on Facebook and YouTube every Wednesday morning beginning at 1130 and of course on radio in Central Arkansas. Glad to have you back for the final segment of today's Get Ready for the Future show. House of Horrors, House of Financial Horrors. It's the Halloween edition. If you've missed any part of today's show, you can always go back and get it on podcast. It's available there. It's also available on our Facebook page. There'll be a link on that as well. And as we wrap up, we've talked about inflation. That is a big house of horror and a fear people have as they go into retirement. We talked about investments and the markets and the economy with Ryan Dietrich from LPL. And in the last segment, we talked about social security. But it all kind of boils down to, I'm going to call an audible here. I'm going to pick up my microphone if you're watching on live stream. We have it back here in our new West Little Rock set. Don't just hope for the best, plan on it. And then underneath in our finer print, it says having the right plan for you means not having to function in emergency mode. It means you've taken all possibilities into account, and it means thinking beyond just in case to having a robust, definitive income plan so that even if you don't know what will happen, you'll know you have options. I think that fits so perfectly, guys, into today's show when you talk about fear because fear causes us to make poor decisions sometimes yeah uh we make as john's fond of saying you make the wrong decision at the wrong time for the wrong reason right and if you have a plan you're going to have a better chance i think of avoiding emotional decisions that are based out of fear well emotional you know fear being an emotion and that emotion can really overtake and consume someone to make absolutely the wrong decision at the wrong time and i think we see a lot of this and we don't see it as often now but a few years ago we still had clients coming in that um had moved money out of equities Mm -hmm. back in 2008 and had not gotten back into the market a decade later Yeah. Uh, yeah yeah i mean we we thought you know four or five years in we had seen the end of that and no that it just kept happening where people had had truly missed a decade of returns and investment opportunities because they were afraid back in 2008 and 2009 and they moved to cash and just stayed there so we believe that you don't make any wise decisions in an emotional state you've got to set aside the emotion and use logic to make whatever decision it is that you're dealing with in terms of particularly in terms of financial decisions that you're not going to make a wise emotional decision i think about haunted houses this time of year you go through those and i don't particularly like them but (laughs) a lot of people love to go through them that it's pitch black you can't see your hand in front of your face you are walking a path that is uncertain you don't know what's going to happen and something is likely going to jump out and get you but if you think about it you know you're in a haunted house you, yeah. know, you know you're not in a real right. haunted house. <laughs> right. You know that no one is going to hurt you, at least not too badly. Sometimes <laughs> accidentally it happens. But you can you can know where you are. You can have that perspective. And even when you can't see those things, the boogeymen that jump out of the yeah. side, they don't bother you as much. Now think about that in relation to having a plan. I, I remember as a as a kid, I went to a very small school, and we, we, the big kids, third through sixth grade, got to do a haunted house every year for the younger kids. And and they would come through and we had all this goofy little stuff that, you know, pre Pinterest was, you know, you would find those things on Pinterest now. But like eyeballs were grapes and brains were, you know, spaghetti noodles and that type of stuff. But as those kids were coming through, I mean, they were terrified. But then afterwards, we would turn on the lights and they would just giggle that it was spaghetti instead of brain, you know. But again, if you just know the reality of the situation, it's completely different than if you're acting on fear. Yeah, we did the same thing with those types of things when yeah. we were kids. It was mm-hmm. fun. But, mm-hmm. you know, we, we build a retirement income plan for someone and we let them know that this is really just a starting point um, because we know life's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, things yeah. and you have to have options. So we we know different things, um, different directions that we're going to have to go when 
Um, I've you've been doing this about five and a half years now, and I've had four spouses lose a spouse. Mm-hmm, and so, mm-hmm. I mean, and that really changes an overall income plan for someone. But, you know, it is definitely something where we have the base, we have the starting point, and we know that we, if we have options, that takes a lot of fear out of it. Hey, you think about it, market volatility is a given. Legislative changes, regular, on the regular, right? Inflation is on the rise. And 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 let's be upfront. We don't have a crystal ball. As financial right. advisors, we don't know what's going to happen in the market and the economy with certainty. Ryan Dietrich, who is the most knowledgeable guy I ever talked to about the market, doesn't know for sure which way it's going to go over a six-month, eighth-month, five-year period. So that uncertainty is only battled by having a plan that plans for the uncertainty. So a plan that plans for the uncertainty. Let, let's latch on to that for <laughs> yeah. just a minute. Let's talk about what a plan is not. Right. And I'm, I'm going to give you a list of a few things that people people think they have a financial plan. These are not financial plans. So a plan, a financial plan is not a checklist. It's not a list of goals. It's not a set of investments. A financial plan is not a collection of stocks that you picked out yourself or, frankly, that somebody else picked out for you. A financial plan is not a financial product or a collection of products. A financial plan is not something that sits on a shelf. It's not a bunch of money that you've socked away that you don't touch. Mm. A financial plan is a living, breathing, evolving series of decisions customized for you and your family, and it takes into account what you've earned, what you've accumulated over the years, what you've saved, no matter how much it is, how small or how large of an amount we're dealing with, and turns that into a system of income because we said earlier in the show it is all about income so it turns it into an income producing plan for you to continue to live throughout your retirement and i think one of the other things is you know we can build in the legacy that you want to leave right and those types of things and you don't have to just throw it in a CD at the bank that's getting nothing. Right. Um, there's a lot of other opportunity out there. There's other investments that provide downside protection, but still offer a lot of upside potential sure. as well that we can help you through um, the process if you're really nervous about investment losses. And so meeting with us and being able to have a lot of different options um available to you instead of just that bank CD Mm -hmm. um, will eliminate a lot of the fears that you potentially have as well on the investment side. Well, I think the bottom line is here, you have to have something that you can trust and having a plan allows you to trust the plan. Yeah. And and hopefully you're trusting the advisors you're working with as well. But if you can have a plan laid out, written on purpose on paper, when that uncertainty arises and when you have uh, the possibility or potential of of making a decision out of fear you have that to refer to and you can know in the gen wealth ready to retire process that that plan is built for a 2008 yeah that plan is built for inflation that plan is built for social security not being enough and your retirement income is laid out and on paper shows you what you're going to receive on a monthly basis over the entire duration of your retirement and that check's going to go up yeah i mean you you actually address something that I was about to to walk through to know all right wh- what are your fears like are you afraid of another 2008 are you afraid of inflation wh- what is it whatever answer you can give us that is a financial fear it's already built into your plan and now that's not to say that we didn't adjust some in right. 2008 when it hit and that's part of the beauty of it being a living breathing document that we adjust this as needed but it's not like we're shocked when something like that happens people think that it's oh my gosh shocking tragedy we never knew that the market would go down ever 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 again in the future i mean think through that just a minute you know markets go up and you know what else they do they go down yep and so we need to be prepared for that. And if it's built into your plan in such a way that your income can t- can continue regardless of a downturn in the market, then it's okay. Yeah, what I really love is, I mean, we do provide a three-ring binder with someone's unique plan yeah, um, yeah. to them. And we do, do have those annual reviews and, and look forwards about what we're going to be able to do going forward. And there's a lot of them that bring that three ring binder back yes, and have that plan in front of them. Oh, yeah. And we're able to walk through it with them. Mm-hmm. It's very reassuring to see it on paper. You know, I don't know of a lot of Halloween movies, but one of my favorite movies with ghosts in it is Ghostbusters. So I'm going to use a Ghostbuster line. Who are you going to call? 
I wish I could sing it, but I, I can't. Get the call. call toll free 866-653-PLAN. That's 866-653-7526 to set up a first appointment with a Gen Wealth advisor and begin walking through the Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process. You can also reach out via email info at getreadyforthefuture.com. Com. You heard that bell in the background. It's time for our final thoughts. Tim, we'll start with you. I think the biggest one that I have is, you know, fear doesn't make good financial decisions. Um, uh, social media, I think, is one of those things that um, just elevates the fear level yes. um, because it's in front of us all the time if you're on Facebook and different um, social medias. And so we really need to make sure that we're not just reading the headlines because a lot of it could just be hocus pocus. I would say uh, if it feels like you're facing a financial house of horrors, if I can say that, (laughs) uh, bring along a guide to help you get through that experience. A guide who maybe knows that the the brains are actually spaghetti and we can deal with that, you know. Hocus Pocus, by the way. Nice movie drop on that one as well. My final thought is that we do have three retirement action steps you can take during uncertain times in our latest Gen Wealth Academy course. And it's only 12 minutes of your time. It's on demand for you. And in 12 minutes, you'll learn one key problem with most retirement income plans. Why bonds may not be the safe haven investors once thought they were. How uncertainty in the economy could lead to a gap in retirement income security and what you should do to narrow the gap. Those are the three things you'll learn. It is completely free. You can get to it by texting the word ACTION to 501-381-5228 or just visit GetReadyForTheFuture.com forward slash events to get free access to the course, a quick guide, and more. Three retirement action steps you should take during uncertain times. It's our latest Gen Wealth Academy course, and it is up and on demand for you. Hope you've enjoyed the Halloween edition of the Get Ready for the Future show. I hope you have a safe and happy Halloween over the weekend, and we'll talk to you again next week. Thank you for listening to the Get Ready for the Future show. If you enjoy hearing from the Gen Wealth team every week, make sure and subscribe to the podcast. And you can always find us on social media. Search for Gen Wealth Financial Advisors on Facebook or on Twitter at Gen Wealth FA. The Gen Wealth Financial team is available to you 24 7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 866 653 PLAN. That's 866-653-7526. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment, and no strategy can assure success. GenWealth Financial Advisors is an Arkansas-registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC.